Welcome back to Unmentionable Podcast. Welcome back to me. I am back from Greece, Israel. I was detained at the Tel Aviv airport, and I don't think I could talk about it on the main show. It's too edgy, and my mom advised me not to, and I said, not a bad idea. So we will be talking about it, not this week, probably next week on the Patreon. I'm going to tell the story of I was detained at the airport. I was pulled into a back room and interrogated at 3 in the morning at Tel Aviv airport for 10 minutes. Random switch. (laughs) <laughs> it was a harrowing experience. Okay. Now, in true Jordan style, I go to Europe. Then I go, I don't even know if it's technically Europe. I guess it's the Middle East. But I, I go to Europe and no trip of Jordan or, or no nothing in my life goes normal ever. Yeah. It's a constant fun house, a carousel of torture. And, of course, the first thing's first, my bag gets lost. Oh, shit. My bag gets lost, okay? My bag got lost. I went to Greece. I had a solo adventure by myself. It was fantastic. Everything was peaceful. That's the thing. When I start introducing other people into my life, there's problems. Like I'm good. The thing is, I was trying, I was trying to explain this to someone. Them. I'm good on my own. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm good. <laughs> like I like having fun with myself and just I like myself to a degree. Like I, I people are like, you go to Thailand for a month alone. I'm like, it was great. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like when I introduce people into my life, that is when I get problems. When I bring someone in, I'm dating. It's like they start fucking up my life. Right. Right. So everything was good, and then it was time for me to go meet my friends in Israel, who I love. It's not their fault, but it's like immediately <laughs> there were problems, okay? So I get to Tel Aviv Airport. There's a whole thing that goes on with the immigration. It fucks up, blah, 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 and that's going to be on the Patreon. I just don't think I should be saying that on the main yeah, show. Yeah, don't say that. Say okay? That. I don't even think if I'm ever going to go back there, but it just it is one of the craziest stories. People, when I tell people, they're like, this is almost unbelievable. And I was like, I would like it. I would like, people think I invite this behavior. I don't. <laughs> it's just like a practical joke. Okay. Over and over. So I get I to the airport. Every three months though. <laughs> every month, really. Every, month, every yeah. month, really. So I get to the airport. I get through with this problem, which we'll talk about. And all of a sudden I'm walking into the airport and, you know, it's probably like 8 p.m. And I'm walking over to the baggage carousel. And a black cat <laughs> walks right in front of me. A black cat, okay? I will show you the photo. I sent, I was like, there's a cat in an airport. I was you like, said I've that never, to me. I've never been to the Middle yeah, East yeah, yeah. before, but it's like bad omen, right? Yeah. So I'm like, I'm not, I don't know. Maybe this is just a thing. Maybe I'm just being like, <laughs> you know. Oh, my God, dude. So I send the photo to my two Jewish friends who've been to Tel Aviv <laughs> multiple times. And they both said, Good luck. I've never seen that. <laughs> I've never seen a cat in the airport. Like a stray cat almost. Just a stray black cat. just str- like, it, like it got off of transatlantic flight. <laughs> it just strolled right past me like it was waiting for its luggage. No transit flight to another city. <laughs> it came for you, bro. It, you know it. You know it. Internationally traveled pussy. <laughs> okay. So I sent it to my friends, and then they they write back like, 
the two my two Jewish friends are like, I'm both of them are like, I've never seen a, a cat at the airport. It's like it's a black cat. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's weird. You know, <laughs> that was the sign uh, that something bad was about to happen. Yeah. Okay. And what was about to happen was I was about to stand there and eventually be the only person standing at the carousel. And I hadn't been that person. I had my baggage no. lost one other time, but my friend lost his too. But, you know, it's just very funny to be standing. It's like a scene out of a movie. You're standing there. The bags are going around and around. You're like, mine's, mine's coming soon, right? And one by one, people just grab their bags, gone. Grab their bags, yeah. gone. And then it's just getting thin, right? You look around, there's about three, four people. Yeah. You're like, oh, no. Well, it's just delayed probably the flight, you know, probably. And then this person's disappeared. And then all of a sudden, you're the, the cheese stands alone. And the cheese still alone. I was like, fuck, Jordan. Fuck. I know airports are chaos. All the flights are delayed. But I thought like, oh, no. Oh, no. Shit. And the thing is, is, I had my medication in that bag, which is an enema that's liquid. And I couldn't bring it in my carry-on. Okay. So I'm not that much of an idiot because I know how to manage my disease. So it's like I brought it, like, to take care of myself. Okay. Now, my colitis was fine in Greece. But the second I got to... Israel and all the chaos and losing my bag, the stress started to activate it back. Also, not having my luggage. Yeah. So, I get to, uh, I get the bag or I go to the counter. I'm waiting in some line. An email pops up, and the airlines, I guess they know the tracking. They're like, "Your bag's been lost. We're gonna locate it." Um, fill out this form, and then like, if you don't hear from us in five days, call us. Like, great, right? Five days. So I get to the hotel. You know, I'm kind of disheveled. And then I get up to the counter. And the woman, and this ties into the previous thing that I'm going to talk about. But she asked me for this blue ticket that I need to get the tax back as a non-Israeli resident. And I don't have that. I didn't get it. I didn't get it. It wasn't given to me. Longer story. So she's like, I got to charge you the tax. I've been there like an hour. I have no bag. I'm sick. You know, she's going to charge me the tax. And I was like, what's the tax? Like 13% on or 17% on like $4,500. Fuck. Yeah. So I get to my room. It's That's just like almost a thousand dollars. Yeah. It's just chaos. I get to my room. I'm staying at this place called the poly house, which I will burn to the ground verbally. Not actually <laughs> in about five minutes on this show because it is where dreams go to die. It is. Such an overrated piece of shit of a hotel <laughs> that I said to the girl when I was walking out, I said, unmentionable podcast on Spotify on your phone. I said, two weeks from now, just take a listen. <laughs> That's what I said to her because I was like, you are the rudest pig that I have ever encountered at a hotel. You are so incredibly rude. I think her name's Cheval. Cheval, is that her name? I don't know. Cheval. And then there's a manager named Olga. She's also quite a piece of work. So I get to the hotel, right? And they give me... I don't care, Shivam. I got, I got good lawyers. And by the way, this is all true. So... Okay. Go ahead. Send me a letter. I'll read it on the show. What do I care? And we're, we're going to talk about my landlord next. Because I know she listens... I know she listens to the show. Which is probably just to spy on me. Because God knows she doesn't have taste. All right, so we're just we're just taking we're going down the list we're today, kids. Started. We're going down the list. 
Let's so go. she sends me to my room. I go to my room. It's just chaos on the streets. I don't have any of my stuff. And it's just an overwhelming feeling when you don't have your stuff of just like, fuck. Yeah. I don't have a toothbrush. I don't have a shaver. I don't have all this. I'm just like, God, what a start, right? It's pretty late. I decided to, to get some rest. Uh, but I'm not going to get some rest because there's just chaos outside. And, and it, the the insulation at the Polly House Hotel. And that's located at... Uh, can you just give me the address? I just want to make sure everyone knows where it's at. Oh, the one Nikhalat. I'm probably saying that wrong because I'm Nikhalat. my Hebrew pronunciation. You just take every word and you go. <laughs> <laughs> so Nikhalat Binyamin. Tel Aviv six five one six one zero. That's the zip code, and we'll be giving out the phone number later, so <laughs> we can uh, field your uh, request to them. So oh, wait, they can field your request. Your airport thingy. You never finish it. Oh, so basically they say no. It's just they say that um, it's going to be gone. Back in five days. For, yeah, yeah. So I go to the room. I try to sleep. It's just chaos outside. So I go to the front desk. I was like, "You got to, you got to move me to a different room." Like I can't. And she says to me, instead of saying like, "Oh, okay, let's like look it up," she's like, "We have earplugs." And then she's like, "They're in your room. Did you try the earplugs?" And it's like, dude, at this point, it's like a, it's like eleven thirty at night, and like all the chaos. I'm feeling like shit. shit. And I look at her and I go, this hotel is $480 a night. I shouldn't have to. I shouldn't have to wear earplugs to sleep. Try again. So they move me to, so they move me to another room, right? And then this is when the Polly House experience. How did she react when you said that? That's fucking, oh. The thing is, let me explain something to you. I'm a vi- I am a, Shivy's been around me. I'm a, he sees me. I'm nice to people. I'm yeah. nice to servers. I don't, but it's like. If you treat me with a level of disrespect, I will treat you with a level of disrespect. Yeah. I will not settle for substandard treatment. It's just the way she said it, too. Uh, like She's just like, put the earplugs in. It's like, no, no, no. No, no, no. Like, you're going to move me to another room. Like, this is, this is crazy. So then the Polly House, which is where dreams go to die. <laughs> Everything starts going wrong there. First of all, I sent Shivam the TV, okay? This is a photo, if you're watching on Patreon. This is a photo of the TV, okay? Shivam's going to put it up. Okay, That is the angle with which you're supposed to watch <laughs> television. I hope you, if you don't have a spinal injury, you're getting one, <laughs> okay? Because I tried to watch it laying in bed. It's like, at that point, just put it on the ceiling. <laughs> Look at it. Bro, it looks like a hospital room. And do you notice, if you look at the picture, Shivam, zoom on on the picture, see how it cuts off there? Yeah. Developing story, loping story is what it says. Yeah. Because they, the picture's not formatted properly. So you turn oh, on... Oh, shit. You know, you turn on your TV that's, you know, after you've had your spinal cord injury, car accident, you're looking up, and this thing's coming out, I can't even see it properly, okay? What the fuck? Then... 480 a night. This hotel. 480 a night. Holy 480 a night. Shit. And the next thing is I, I look at the curtains and, well, that's not the curtains, the curtains. I look at the curtains and I'm like, is that blood? Yeah, that okay. looks like blood, like 100%. Like, that's a little weird. I mean, uh, you know, if that's what I can see, I can't imagine what the black light is going to reveal. <laughs> 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 like... You know, if that, there's even a little, there's a, what is that, a little extra splatter on the right from the gunshot? <laughs> 480 night, Poly House Hotel, P-O-L-I uh, space H-O-U-S-E. And we will be putting the website and phone number and email in the show notes. Because I will not settle for this sort of treatment. Because it gets worse and worse. Now, let me go to the bed. 
Go to the photo you were just on the bed. Okay. Oh, dude. So I look up at the I and I see I see the blood on the curtains, right? And I'm like, well, this, this is comforting. Like, what happened in room two one nine? What are we not being told about? And then I turn around. This is right above my bed. Sign of a struggle. Sign of a struggle. Something happened in room two one nine. There's a story, bro. There's like definitely someone was attacked and their fingernails were scraping above the bed while they were screaming. Probably also screaming at the price they were paying for the room while getting <laughs> murdered. Because there's nothing worse to get murdered in a hotel room, but also overpaying for the room. Someone must have just lost their mind. like, <laughs> And then the blood splattered. Yeah. Okay, then the other photo I showed you, I wanted to show you, I think is the bathroom. I mean, it's like, is it, are we in Haiti? Like, the thing is, is this is my point, is like, you know, I know not all hotels are nice, but it's like for the price, for yeah. the price. Yeah. The price compared to the what I'm getting is my point. Is it like this is crazy, crazy, okay? Two days later, I'm sleep. What is that, a cum shot on the window? I mean, what is... <laughs> this is the bathroom. Someone went outside. I think the window washer or someone was outside <laughs> and just shot a load on your bathroom... <laughs> I wouldn't even call it a window. I'd call it a frosted glass because w windows would be too classy for the poly house. <laughs> 480 a night. What they call a high-end boutique hotel. Really. Really. <laughs> high because you need to be high to enjoy it. And because someone met their end in room 219. Okay. I'm about to call the Israeli police and report something went down in room 219 of the poly house. There's someone was scratching and then blood. And then, I don't know, they someone ended it with a cum shot. 480 a night. Okay, so two days later, I'm sleeping. I swear to God, I'm sleeping. In the scene of the murder. Sleeping. And... I'm, it's probably like 9.45 in the morning. A man just puts a key up to my door and just opens the door. So I'm full oh, on. Fuck. I'm full on. I'm full on sleeping. And a man just strolls right in. And it's clearly what clearly what's happening is like he's, I don't know if he's like checking in. It's a weird hour to check in or like something. Or he worked there, but they had given him the wrong key or had said this room is empty. So I woke up Why to uh, in the murder room, like yeah, like fifty-eight-year-old Eastern European man coming in to add a little more blood to the. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, after I'd seen the the scene, I was like, am I another one of the victims? Yeah, that's that dude, of the polyhouse. Scary dude, yeah, yeah. But were you like one of the other things of the polyhouse? One of the other joys <laughs> is um. Is that when you're at the pool, they have this pool area that's, you know, it's nice, but it's crowded. And because it's so hot, the there's not a lot of, I guess, water sources in the area. So it's kind of the only pool in the area. So birds realize this. And they congregate around the pool. Okay, I don't know if there's a way to handle a problem like this it doesn't make it not a problem but it's like i don't know it's like when babies are s screaming on the planes like i don't know yeah my solution would be to drug them like that seems like a reasonable solution just give them like a little benzo you know it worked out for jordan peterson you know he's still the most famous psychologist in the world you know it's not the worst thing to give your baby a little 
<laughs> little benzo so we can have a little nap on the red eye. So the the birds are uh, congregating around the pool, right? So you got this beautiful hotel. You got this DJ playing. You know, people are ordering food. It's very hip. Yeah. And the birds, there's always about like eight to ten birds on top, like over the pool, and they dive bomb oh, into the pool oh, what the to fuck? get water. So they kind of like swing by your head, and you're always kind of dodging them. What? The and it reminded me of this movie, uh, Alfred Hitchcock movie called The Birds, where the birds are haunted and they attack. Pull it up, Alfred Hitchcock, The Birds. <laughs> It reminded me of a scene in that movie where they just dive bomb into the pool. Well, they wouldn't. I don't know if they dive bomb the pool. Hit images. Yeah. Oh my god. Hit dude. the first one. See the <laughs> <laughs> that photo. I put it up for the show. That photo is every person trying to order a martini at the <laughs> Polyhouse pool. They look exactly like that woman. Just one after another, just dive bombing in. <laughs> I don't Holy know what you do shit. about it, but it's just this experience where it's just, it's crazy. This is not how I would imagine Israel, like, at all. No, I no, mean, this, the mean, country's generally terrible, or uh, fine. It's fine. I yeah, enjoyed it, actually. Yeah. The food is very great. The people are very attractive. Yeah, it's important. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh... You know, there's not a lot of foreskin. It's just like, <laughs> yeah, like little, like little, little perks, you know. But um, yeah. anyway, so the other thing was the second day before I'm leaving, uh, uh, my flight got moved, and so I had to stay at this, you know, horror house, house of horrors, for another few days. And I was like, I went to the front desk, and I went to the girl, uh, Cheval, I believe her name is, if you'd like, if you're listening from management. Cheval. Cheval, I think. I don't know. I don't know. There was some girl, I think her name was uh, Michaela. She was nice. She was the only one who was had a personality. So I go up to the front desk, and I said, you know, I need you to stay here at this you know, beautiful place where I might die another few more nights. Uh, and I said, what is the rate? And she quoted me a rate. And it was like, I don't remember what it was in Canadian. Like, I think it was like about 440 Canadian and I was like, "Oh, that's actually cheaper than what I paid on booking.com." So, yeah, that's great. I'll stay here a couple more. That sounds reasonable. I don't have to go to another hotel, just whatever, okay? But what she doesn't tell me is that the rate uh the next night skyrockets cuz it's the weekend from like 480 to like 600 or 650 or something crazy Canadian. I remember. The, I don't know if these numbers are right, but it's like it was like something like it went up like sixty percent. What the fuck? Okay, so I go to pay on my last day, and Cheval is sitting there, and I pay my final bill, and I add it up, and I said to her, I said, you know, uh, this isn't exact. I don't. Why is it so high? It's supposed to be this per night, and she's like, well, that's because the second night is is this rate, and I said, Cheval, when I came here. And asked you about staying at this hotel. I said, what, what was the question I asked you? And she said, you asked me how much it would cost. I said, no, I didn't. I asked you the daily rate for the hotel. And I said, and you told me the rate. So it would be assumed that that rate would apply to both nights. Otherwise, if the second night was 60% more, you would mention it. And she said, well, no, I actually didn't give you the rate. I gave you the total. And I immediately i'm angry and by the way there's people waiting behind me for like stuff and i was like y you'll have to wait go with the birds <laughs> <laughs> go get your eyes pecked out by the birds <laughs> it'll be a few minutes 
So she says to me, I gave you the total. And I said, oh, really? I asked you for the daily rate and you gave me the total. I go, that would be absurd that you would give me that number when I didn't ask for that number. So she won't do it. She's like, she won't honor the price. She's like, there's nothing I can do. I said, no problem. I said, that's when I was said, you know, unmentionable podcast two weeks from now. Wait, didn't you, didn't you call the manager like a good Karen would do? No, no. I went back to my room and I was going to decide what to do the following night. I was like, I'm going to go complain to the manager. And then uh, that evening I went to go back to my room and, you know, this great hotel, of course, my car just stopped working. So I go up to the front desk and I said to the girl, I said, you know, my car doesn't work. And she, she said, oh, she fixes it. I go back down, doesn't work again. So she comes back down to the room. She said, let me come try it with you. She gets it to work. And she comes in and she goes, how's your stay been here? And I was like, funny you would ask, <laughs> Michaela. Fuck. And I just said to her, I go, I don't know if you've ever stayed in a hotel room where there's clearly, clearly signs of a struggle and blood. Fuck. And I said to her, I was like, Take look at the dust, look at the bathroom. I, and I was like, look at the cum shot on the window. I was like, <laughs> is this really four hundred and eighty dollars a night? Like this is the four eighty experience. Anyway, I get into the whole thing with her, and she decides to knock off twenty percent. And I just said to her, she called me. And she goes, I got okay. I can get twenty percent off tonight's rate. Like I talked to my manager, and I said, I just said to her straight up. I said, if you feel like it's worth the negative review online. I think I said reviews because there will be multiple. I said, if you feel like it's worth the negative review online, then then you, you can absolutely give me the 20% off, but I would like the rate that I was promised. And then she called me back 20 minutes later and said, like, I can do it. And I was like, great. I'm still going to leave a negative review, though. <laughs> We're actually going to do it right now on the show. Okay? Let's go. Let's, let's go. Let's okay. So I think we should give them. We're on TripAdvisor uh, right now, and you guys will be able to follow along at home. At home. Um. You know, don't leave a negative view yourself if you haven't stayed at the property. But I myself have stayed at the property. So I can give an honest experience about my time at the Poly House. Okay, so now it's time for the review. The, the subject of the review is the Poly House where dreams go to die. I stayed at the Poly House last week. It can be best described as lipstick on a pig. A stay at the Poly House comes with a lot of fun and excitement. For example... You might be sleeping, and a fun guest will enter unannounced. You'll think you're dying, and then see the bloodstains on the curtain and wonder what happened in room 219. <laughs> I think Olga, the manager, is keeping secrets. Another exciting thing at the Pauly House is that you'll be quoted a price for the night, and then the price on your credit card will be totally different. <laughs> what fun. The Pauly House breaks up the monotony of your week with these fun riddles and games. If you've ever seen the Alfred Hitchcock movie The Birds, that is exactly what the pool <laughs> I got to get through this. That is exactly what the pool at the Polly House is like. The birds dive bomb into the water as guests scream in horror. These birds also eat the food ordered by the guests as they lay by the pool. Do you like your margarita imbued with bird droppings? No? Now you do. In the days that I stayed at the Polly House, the birds became stronger due to excessive caloric intake. In fact, one of the birds snatched an infant out of his mother's arms and carried the baby in its talons to Jaffa. We all screamed except for a man beside me who was very calm about the whole thing and simply said, That's the Polly House for you. When I say that dreams die at the Polly House, I mean it. 
I met a woman who was four weeks away from becoming an astronaut, <laughs> but then she stayed at the Polly house. <laughs> I've lost all hope and meaning. I was a dreamer before I stayed at the Polly house. Overall, it's a great hotel. Five stars. <laughs> Submit it, baby. Oh, my God. I wonder how long it'll stay up. Do you have to? Those are optional. Okay. Okay, what do you rate the service and value and location of service? Does this hotel offer an infinity pool? It does not, but it does supply an infinity of birds. <laughs> in the pool. <laughs> Was there complimentary tea provided in your room? No, but a 58-year-old Armenian man <laughs> almost teabagged on my forehead. Is this hotel close to the convention center? Hopefully it's close to the police station where we can go file a report. About oh my God. Does this hotel have a door person? It has a woman named Cheval who is not a door person, but she is in a Prozac haze. God. God, if it was 200 a night, I would have sucked it up. I'm yeah. not even kidding. I'm not even that guy. I don't even complain that much. Yeah. But it's like when I go in knowing it's like I demand a level of service for yeah. that price. Not a zoo by the pool. It's literally a zoo. It's a oh, zoo shit, of people. Dude. Submit it. Perfect. Great. Great. Let's go. Great. Well, let's see how much this, how long this stays up. And if we have to get legal, if we have to get lawyers. That'll be a fun little thing. <laughs> By the way, I got a call from my uh, the landlord of this uh, unit. Oh, weren't we going to call the airport today? Oh, yeah. Do you want to call? So, well, yeah. So, what we were thinking of doing is calling the airline company because I still don't have my baggage. So, we were thinking of calling the airline company on the show and figuring out where my bag is at this point in time. Okay. Because I believe when you hit the 21-day mark, they have to just pay you a lump sum, which yeah. is something like $2,500. I'm getting close. Let's go. Call it. Hey, Jan, good evening. My name is Yalina Rusu. How can I help you? Yo, girl. Um, I have a question for you. So I was on uh, one of your flights uh, two weeks ago. My baggage is still lost, and I was talking to Irene, uh, one of your customer service representatives, and I was trying to figure out she was supposed to send the baggage to Canada as of like yesterday, and I don't know where she is. She just fell off the face of the earth. Do you have any incident numbers? A what, sorry? Incident number. Oh, incident number. Uh, TLVA162. Uh, yes. I found your uh, email. Have you entered the receipt? As an attachment. Have I entered the receipt? What was the question? Whatever you have spent, you must send also uh, as an attachment the receipt. No, no, but I know, but I, she, she said, she asked me to send the receipts for what I had purchased already. But I said to her that um, you guys are supposed to give me $40 a day. You 40 euros a day. And I went until I get the bag. I still don't have the bag because like I don't have my... I don't have my shaver. I had to go buy a new shaver. Like, I, I almost made one out of piranhas. Okay, I will forward this request to the appropriate department. Thank you. Make sure you mention the piranhas. 
But I, but I'm more, I'm, I'm just more looking besides the receipt stuff. I'm more so just looking for where is the bag because Irene, who I don't know if she has monkeypox, but she basically told me that she was gonna send me the bag and then it just never arrived. Like she said, she was gonna, she just completely stopped responding to me, and I'm, oh, it's almost 14 days now that I don't have my bag. Yes, unfortunately, we don't have the information about the delay languages. But I see you have entered with all the details of this request. So as soon as uh, they have any yeah. updates about your lost language, they will contact you back. No, I understand, but it's just, I, 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 I just, she said she was going to have the bag to me by Monday. Is, is like, someone sleeping in it or something? Like, I know it's a bad economy. Uh, what like, did you say? Is someone sleeping in the bag? Like, where is the bag? I honestly don't know That's what the issue and the last language is. Customer service excellence. Second. Let me see if there is any contact numbers that I can give you. Okay, thank you. I'm just concerned someone's sleeping in it or something, you know. It's a bad economy. Things. I just feel like there's something that I'm not being told. And then there's like a pause. I always want to just like same. Somewhere over the rainbow. Sorry, I just got bored. I can give you the contact numbers of the lost and found department in Athens. I would love that. Thank you. Go ahead. Okay, so it's zero zero three zero the country code, and then it's five four six. Okay. Do you think they'll be able to help me? Yes, they will have uh, more information about the lost luggage. This is the appropriate department. Okay. Thank you for your help. Keep it real. Okay. Bye. You're welcome. Thank you for calling me again. Have a nice day. Bye. Toodles. You sang there like somewhere that you're like, like bro, what the somewhere <laughs> over the rainbow. <laughs> don't don't forget to mention the piranhas. <laughs> she, she doesn't. I mean, listen, her English wasn't the greatest. She did she all those jokes. It was like I was performing in a foreign country. <laughs> Do you notice at the end she laughed like she like giggled a little bit? Of course. <laughs> well, I was making my friends laugh because initially the guy called me from Tel Aviv Airport. And he was like, I have your, it's a whole thing. But basically he called me to say, I have your bag here. Yeah. And I w- he's like, there's not enough time. I was like, well, bring it to my hotel. My flight leaves back to Canada tomorrow. And he was like, there's not enough time. And I was like, what do you mean? So I, I started, I had him on speakerphone with my friends and I started bribing him. And he was really defensive because <laughs> he didn't want to get fired. And then I said to him, I said, what about a hundred euro or a hundred shekels and a kiss on the lips? <laughs> and he was like, But he was like, I don't know if I can make it there tonight. Like, I don't know if we can get it in time. And I was like, sir, like I, then I'm not, I know it's like, I'm not going to get it. Like come to the poly house. You'll see it. It's the one with the fucking, the bird sanctuary. <laughs> You'll see it. There'll be a four-year-old getting their eyes pecked out and their <laughs> their arteries getting attacked by birds <laughs> at the pool. But then he wouldn't. He was like, "There's not enough time." And then he said, "Come to the Tel Aviv airport yeah. right before your flight leaves." Well, my flight left. That they have these early flights there, like five a.m. So I had to be at the airport at like one thirty in the oh, morning. Fuck. And uh, of course, I go to the lost and found there, where my boyfriend is supposed to be working, <laughs> and it's closed. Oh. It's closed. So then I get back on the plane 
all the way back to Canada, no luggage. Oh, shit. And then Irene says, contacts me and is like, oh, we're going to get it on the next flight, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, like, whatever. And that was three days ago. I'm sure there's been at least one flight from uh, Greece to Toronto. But you've seen Toronto Airport, like, how they're handling the luggage. Like it's the worst. Right? And they also said to me, like, you know, when they're going to get eventually get it here after all this and they're going to pay me some money, which honestly won't even cover everything, they're going to get it here. And she says to me, and then you can go to the airport and pick it up. I said, oh, that's nice. That's nice, Irene. I'm going to have two hours, an hour there, hour back, that I have to go pick up my own luggage because you lost it. And I said to her, I go, you know, you owe me like 500 euros at this point. I go, just take 50 euros off and send a cab from Pearson Airport to my place. Like, that's my money. I'm literally giving it back to you to just send it to me. And she's like, we don't have anyone. We don't have any people at that airport, blah, blah, blah. So when it arrives at Toronto, I have to drive there. When it arrives in probably two weeks, I have to drive to the airport. Fuck. At that point, I will have used the piranhas to shave my bush. Because that's getting a little wacky, too. And I want my trimmer because I don't like doing the clean shave. Yeah. Because then someone goes down there and you're hooking up and they're like, whoa. (laughs) And you have to do a whole explanation like, oh, you know, I I don't like shaved bald. (laughs) I lost my luggage. There was a woman named Irene. I I called. I tried to pin her. I bought a bunch of piranhas. (laughs) I tried to get the piranhas to eat my pubic hair to try and like shave it down. It started bleeding. (laughs) And one of them attacked Bruce. (laughs) You know? <laughs> One of them trying to suck your dick. <laughs> One of them trying to suck my dick. <laughs> it was a gift. Gift, gift yeah. <laughs> you know, I got, I like an aggressive man. <laughs> oh, shit. Anyway, so that's my trip. We're going to talk about the rest on Patreon. I got a whole bunch of other stuff that's going to be on the Patreon. We're going to talk about me getting detained at the airport because, of course, I did. Now we're going to dramatically change tone from my stupid problems to real problems. Article on CTV News headline Ontario woman enduring effects of long COVID begins process for medically assisted death. Contracting COVID-19 radically changed Tracy Thompson's life. It's been more than two years since the initial infection, but her symptoms still dictate her days, leaving her with heavy-weighted fatigue, robbing her of energy and her ability to work. Thompson, a Toronto resident in her 50s, says the enduring illness and lack of substantive financial support has led her to begin the process of applying for medical assistance in dying, MAID, a procedure that first became legal in Canada in 2016. MAID is exclusively a financial consideration, she told CTV News Toronto. After 26 months of lost income since the onset of symptoms, no foreseeable ability to work, and an absence of support, Thompson said she expects to run out of money in about five months. My choices are basically to die slowly and painfully or quickly. Those are the options that are left, she said. In addition to severe fatigue, Thompson lists a number of symptoms she's developed from long COVID. She can no longer read books or text longer than a tweet. Her vision usually begins to blur around sunset, and it's difficult for her to digest food. I won't spoil it all. We'll get to the interview with Tracy. She'll tell you the full story, where she's at today, and also how you can contribute. We will put the information for that in the show notes. If you'd like to help out, if you have a little extra money laying around and you'd like to help out this woman, this is truly a devastating story. And um, yeah, you're seeing a lot more of these long COVID stories in the news and doctors don't seem to know how to treat them because it's just so new. So here is the interview with Tracy Thompson. Hope you enjoy. 
I was reading an article on CTV News. Headline is, Ontario woman enduring effects of long COVID begins process for medically assisted death. That woman is Tracy Thompson, joins us on the podcast. How are you? I am about as well as can be expected, I guess. I imagine yep. so. Yeah, this, uh, this story is pretty wild. I want to get into the medically assisted, assisted part, but I want to start with your story prior to getting COVID. Uh, a little bit about your career, what you worked in, uh, and sort of your life before everything changed. So, um, why don't oh. you tell, yeah, yeah, no, it's fine. So, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, your previous job and sort of your previous life? Um, yeah, so I was um, um, when I contracted COVID, I was working as a chef. Um, at a little pub, um, something I really enjoyed. So a really physical job, you know, lots of uh, long days, um, you know, when you need to have a fair bit of mental acuity um, to be good at it. Uh, so, you know, pretty satisfying, um, really enjoyed it, liked the energy. Um, and then previous to that, I had worked in uh, kids' books as a children's book buyer. Uh, so I read books for a living, um, which was also, you know, very satisfying in a really different way. So radically different types of work, one mostly mental, one very physical. Sure. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. And then the story is that you, it's its such a unique story. I mean, I haven't heard you, it's something like this is like out of a movie. It said you were walking through the park and someone grabbed you and coughed in your face. Yeah, I was uh, I was on my way. Um, I finished work. I, you know, I worked nights, um, so I was on my way home. And um, uh, this, you know, it's Parkdale. There's always people around. There's always something going on. And um, you know, I saw this person, and they looked like I didn't recognize them. And I thought maybe you know they might be drunk or lost or something so you know I, I kind of smiled because I thought oh you know I'm a helpful kind of person and then they yeah they, they grabbed me and 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 um and then and coughed in my face and then ran like ran their I was trying to get away and they ran their hands all over me and literally said you're sick now like you're you and I was shaken but I didn't take it seriously of course you know was, I mean, this, at the beginning? Like, okay. was this at the beginning when we didn't really know what COVID was um, I mean, it was it was um, uh, mid-March, so we knew it was sort of here. It was shortly before the lock, the restaurant lockdown kind of thing happened. Um, so it was definitely a concern, um, but, you know, I, I thought that was just somebody who was sort of, you know, they saw somebody uh, like a, alone, you know, a woman alone, and they felt like they thought it'd be funny to scare me. Kind of that was my assumption that they're like, oh, just some kind of random person that thought it would be funny to frighten somebody. So, and then how long know, after did you start noticing symptoms? Um, it, it was a few days afterward. Um, my first symptom was on Sunday, March fifteenth, um, and uh, yeah. What was it like? What were it? I mean, it sounds like your experience with COVID is completely different than m mostly anyone I've interacted with. It seems like it completely right. affected your body in, a, in an entirely different way. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people, um, you know, obviously, I know a lot of people with long COVID at this point. Um, um, so when I first got sick, it was pretty mild. I didn't, you know, I was supposed to 
go out that evening with friends and I said no you know I'm not feeling that well just in case I'm going to stay home which I'm glad I did um and then I just kind of slowly got worse you know I never I never had that I was never hospitalized I didn't have that sort of critical moment I definitely had some you know I when I look back on it I think I probably should have gone to the hospital at some point um but I didn't um you know I I it was sort of like all of the information coming out was either you're going to die, you know, you'll get very, very sick, critically ill, or you'll get better in a couple of weeks. So I was like, well, I'll get better in a couple of weeks. You know, that'll be fine. Right. I just didn't, it didn't happen. And how, how long after getting sick did you realize, oh, I, I there's something else is going on. It's been a couple of weeks and it's, I don't yes. seem to be getting better. So a couple of weeks I went by and, you know, uh, I'm not like a young woman. So I was sort of like, well, maybe it's just going to take a little bit longer. You know, I was, I was nervous. Um, but I think maybe by the th- third week, my memories are really fuzzy. Sure, no <laughs> was, it's been a while. But I, uh, I, you know, I remember calling telehealth and being like, look, I'm short of breath. You know, I think I came in, you know, I think it's COVID. Um, and they were sort of like, yeah, you know, hospitals are overwhelmed and we don't want to put any stress on this healthcare system. So unless you're, you know, unless you cannot breathe, you know, unless your lips turn blue or stay home and you'll get better. So I did that. Um, and then I didn't get better. So, um, I guess, um, it was probably, I think the third week of April. So I kind of had this really slow progression about I think it was the third week of April when I lost my sense of taste and smell, and it was like it was like that. It was like I was eating soup, and I was tasting soup, and then there was nothing. There was no taste, no smell, just gone. So I was like, oh, this is neurological. Like it wasn't like I wasn't stuffed up. But it wasn't like oh, I can't. It was like a switch went off, and that those signals weren't getting through anymore. What does the mental fog feel like? The brain fog, I'm having a really good brain fog day probably uh, today. I'm, I feel pretty lucky. Um, so there's a couple of different ways uh, for me that it manifests. Um, I will lose language. You know, I will lose access to words. Like I couldn't remember the word for capital city. I was trying to describe something to somebody and I was like, you know, the head place, the head town. And I, I just like the word that just gone like a little hole where it should be now. It's intermittent. Um, so language loss, um, the, a, a really big one for me is um, my executive function. So you can't make, making decisions is really overwhelming. Like really simple things are suddenly like, they're just, just freeze. Like you just don't know what to do. It's like, do I eat this or do I go there? You know, do I, you know, somebody be like, oh, we've got, you know, there's, I'm supposed to meet someone online and it's like, okay, you can come at this time or at this time. And I just stare at it. And it's ridiculous because, you know, I mean, decision-making, fast decision-making is part of working in a kitchen and, and I, or any job uh, really. I mean, yeah. Or any job, yeah. I mean, some jobs, you know, but, uh, I, you know, um, I've sort of had to offload like any big decisions that I make to other people that I trust because I don't trust myself to do that. Um, on bad days, I develop a really um, pronounced stutter. Um, and then there's just sort of like what it sounds like a fog of like not uh, not being present. It's sort of 
disassociative. Um, I can't, um, and you know, I can't, uh, I can't, I can't read for long periods of time. Like I can read a couple of paragraphs and then it just sort of like, I can mechanically read words, but I can't, um, I can't really process the information. Sure. Uh, um, and then, you know, often forget what I'm talking about while I'm talking about it. Definitely don't remember previous conversations like they go out and then they're sort of gone um so that's interesting if uh, you know i have a, a an online sort of zoom group that i meet with and you know we'll often one person will remember part of a conversation and then another person will remember another part of it we just don't we don't it just sort of like blank slate of like new information i can recall past things, you know, previous to COVID with no, not much difficulty, but getting, retaining new stuff is difficult. What has it been like explaining, probably in the beginning, explaining it to doctors and having them <laughs> not really understand what's going on with you? Yeah, that was, um, I mean, it was just, uh, I mean, doctors just didn't believe me. You know, they were like, you're not, nobody stays sick this long. You know, it's got to be something else or you're anxious or you're thinking too much about it or you're depressed or one person suggested menopause, which was interesting. Um, so it was really at the beginning, almost impossible to um, to get any kind of health care or any kind of support um, in from the medical establishment. Did they try to give you, you know, certain medications? No, no. Wow. No, we just got sent home a bunch of times. <laughs> I mean, in their defense, it's it's like a new it's a new phenomenon, Absolutely. right? So they're also Absolutely. trying to learn as quickly. The people yeah. that you talk to online uh, in, you know, I guess, long COVID support forums, besides having similar symptoms to yourself, what else do they experience having long COVID? I mean, it's really it's uh there's a lot of different ways that this presents for people. So for me, there's a, there's, it's, I mean, it's not, it's not singular. Like there's not like a long COVID, you know, I've, I'm sure you're aware of people who are like, I have long COVID. I'm really tired after work or I can't go jogging anymore. Yes. And then, yeah, you know, and I'm like, okay, I don't care. Uh, sorry. <laughs> no, no, I get it because and, it's and, like, you're going through something legitimate and there's a lot of people where it's just psychosomatic is the reality of it. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, and 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 for some people it is just that. They just, you know, they're worn out, they're tired. Like, you know, and I do, it's not like, when I say I don't care, it's like I'm, you know, but I'm also sort of like that should not be sort of the face of what is happening sure. to people. Um, so I sort of think of myself as a bit of a middle of the pack kind of person. Um, I know people who, you know, were hospitalized for over a year and are now living in supportive housing, you know, that are just not, like they can't, function you know they can't take care of themselves at all um and uh um you know I, i've met people who can talk only when they're lying down and then when they are sitting up um their brain just i do think that there's a, a depending on which package of long covid you get there's definitely a neurological aspect to it so i feel like our brains are sort of in triage mode like this this is important so we need to keep you breathing. We need to dilate your eyes, keep your lungs moving. That's the most important thing. And so when you kind of try to go beyond the sort of basic things, it starts to sort of glitch out 
depending right. on right. You know, how it's like finding resources for sure. So that's the biggest thing is, is the resource allocation by your brain is just sort of putting it to oh, basic function. For me, for me, it is when you're talking about the brain fog, like I have other symptoms, but you know, that's sort of the, what I think of as sort of the neurological package. What are the other thing. symptoms that you, that you're experiencing? So I have, um, I did have, uh, I, I, this is again, I had this slow rollout. I got, uh, I ended up with, um, it wasn't until a few months later that I developed, um, uh, some cardiac issues. Um, so I guess initially I, I'd sort of, there's evidence that I had myocarditis. Um, and so, um, and so I've got scarring on my heart from that. And then I have the uh, thing called POTS, which is postural orthostatic. I've forgotten the words, but the acronym is POT. So basically, um, that didn't start until um, uh, later on, uh, sort of early August. And so when I was walking around, um, uh, or even at one point, it was sort of like if I was, you know, like I'm going to reach for a glass of water and in just staying, you know, sitting like I am now, my heart rate would go from like 80 beats per minute to 140. Wow. So the, it's just like all of a sudden your heart rate just jumps and it stays there and it takes a really long time to go down again and it affects your blood pressure. It obviously, you know, um, affects, you know, a lot of people are very lightheaded uh, when that happens because your blood is not doing, you know, going where it's supposed to be going in a timely fashion. It's just sort of over this. It's like, you know, sort of like oxygen deprivation almost. Yeah. 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 Almost like that. So probably is, (laughs) I don't know. Uh, so that's that's part of it. Um, I've got um, uh, serious food sensitivities now where I sort of am down to about five to ten things that I can eat safely without having a reaction to them. Whereas before, obviously, I just ate whatever, whatever I wanted. Most of the time, I didn't have any allergies before that. So I've had, you know... Um, Again, something, it's not anaphylaxis, but it mimics anaphylaxis, so shortness of breath. Again, um, you know, I've had uh, like skin peeling off. I've had about five different kinds of rashes. I've had a bunch of different kinds of fungal infections, thrush, um, uh, weight loss. uh, I don't know. It's sort of, it's it's a little bit like it's, it's kind of ridiculous. Um, And it makes it, you know cascade effect i feel like a lot of things you know when you get something serious is just that cascade effect over and over yeah so the systems are just overwhelmed yeah. and things just are sort of falling apart um yeah so yeah there's a lot happening um and it get you know the end time or has it has it been worse in the past few months i would say what uh i feel um I've definitely had some um, sort of increase in, I don't know how to describe it, but head pressure, where it feels like your brain is trying to escape your skull. Um, and then, um, I mean, the end result is that I'm, 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 I'm mostly bed bound and housebound. So I don't, I can't really do anything. And I, you know, I can't listen to music because it hurts. There's sound sensitivity, screen sensitivity, so there's a really limited range of function that I have. And so, you know, for a while I was like, okay, I'm, I, you know, I, I feel like I've gotten to a sort of a plateau. Things have sort of evened out. I could manage 
and then um, I realized that what it was is because I've sort of made my life very small, I can sort of maintain, I've got some stability at this point. But if I go, like, if I'm like, oh, I'm going to go for a walk, which I foolishly did, it all comes crashing down. So my sort of, you know, the feeling in my head, like, oh, yeah, when people ask me if it's better or worse, I don't know how to answer because I basically, it's like, if you broke your leg and didn't get a cast put on it and we're sitting and you'd be like, oh, my leg feels fine. And then you stood up and it's like, oh, no, it's not. It's not okay. Right. Um, so it's, 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 as long as I stay within these parameters, I can sort of... I never, I'm sick. I feel sick all the time. That's, that's, there's, there's not like a day when I don't feel shitty. Um, but I can sort of keep the shittiness to a minimum. Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it makes sense. And it, it sounds like you had lowered your expectations and then you just had to sort of exert at such a low level. Um, yeah. It's, I, I can't even, you know, I, I mean, I have a chronic illness. I, I dealt with it the past two weeks. So to a degree, I can empathize with what you're going through. Uh, not on the level that you are. Like, I can still kind of function and stuff like that. But I, I know what it's like to have something take over every aspect of your life for long periods of time. Uh, and how it just becomes, it, it eclipses everything else. It just becomes the only focus. And it's very... It feels like happiness is out of reach. It's always kind of, you know, beyond the horizon and you can't get there. So to a degree, I, I do understand that uh, what you're going through. So I was reading here that um, so you had you were getting very little disability from the government. How much were they giving you per month? I don't get any disability. Oh, I thought you were I'm not on disability. So you don't qualify? We're going to pause it right there with Tracy Thompson, and we're going to continue this interview on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash unmentionablepodcast. About 40 minutes or so, you get the full story of everything going on with Tracy and the latest. As well, we will also lock it on Apple and Spotify. You'll see it there. If you are a premium user and you've signed up for that, you'll be able to also listen to it on those platforms. If not, that's it. That's all. We will talk to you next Friday.